You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner, getting you ready for the Big Ten tournament, which has already started. And we wanted to record the Big Ten tournament preview when we knew who Illinois would play in the first round. And for about an hour and 15 minutes, we thought that was certainly going to be Michigan. But they blow a 17-point lead to a bad offensive team uh, in Indiana. It's a tough watch for Indiana. But uh, Michigan allowed a 28-4 run. Indiana holds on, and they advance, which is huge for their NCAA tournament resume. Uh, And they probably have played themselves at least into the playing game. Uh, Win over Illinois would certainly solidify their NCAA tournament bid and and maybe play them out of the playing game. So, Joey, we're going to break this down, look ahead to what Illinois really can gain from this Big Ten tournament. I think it's taken a different kind of approach, kind of look than last year coming into this thing. Uh, But I do, before we start, I I do just want to um, throw out there that uh, thoughts and our our prayers with Ben Miller, Illinois football assistant coach, the the tight ends and special teams coordinator. Uh, We just got word from Illinois, a a press release from Ben with a statement um, saying that uh, he's undergoing treatment for for colon cancer. He's going to start chemotherapy very shortly. Uh, Ben has several children um, and and a wife, so I'm just thinking of him and his family and and hope he can pull through this joy because in my interaction with him he's, he's been nothing but a good dude and and obviously very well respected in that building and in the industry so uh just thoughts and prayers with his family hopefully it's just a, a temporary thing so uh kick cancer's ass ben yeah it was tough to, it was a tough email to get in the inbox today uh, ben's been great with us i mean thank you here james mccourt had a really nice uh, tweet about him and how much you know of an impact Ben had and just one year with James so thinking of Ben man that's a tough one that's really tough to hear yeah so we'll, we'll talk with Brett Bielma Tanka right or later today so we'll have a little bit of Illinois football squeezed into the postseason for for Illinois basketball but uh, we know that's what people care about right now and Joey after winning a Big Ten championship the Big Ten tournament it's taken on it's not as important right which not to say it's not important it'd be great for illinois to go and win this thing to be one of only four teams in big 10 tournament history since it started in 98 uh to go back to back to get another banner would, would further solidify the run and validate the run that brad underwood and his program are under but this weekend won't define the season. It felt like they went in last year thinking the Big Ten tournament is going to define our season. In many ways, given the early exit to the NCAA tournament, um, it was the high point of the season. And Illinois certainly doesn't want this weekend to be the high point of the season, but they want it to be another high point, right? So I hope I phrased that correctly. It's like, this is an important weekend. It's a fun weekend. It's one of my favorite events to cover. But for Illinois, this certainly isn't the end-all, be-all this year. No, and... and that bit them last year. They put everything and Brad is so Brad Underwood is so good at putting the nuggets of they're doubting you. They, they don't think you're good enough into his players. And, and this is kind of like the first time, and I'm sure it wasn't all on him. I know those guys wanted a banner, but it bit them. They got all the way up and they, I think of it as like an emotional well, and they drained it all in in the big 10 tournament. And you know, they, they did, they wanted to prove that they were the best team in the big 10 and they felt like, that was really their only recourse to do so because they felt really screwed out of a 
a Big Ten championship. You can agree or disagree with that if you'd like. I'm sure most of the people on here will agree uh, with that. But yeah, th- this isn't it. And but but I do think it's it's really kind of an interesting balance to find because you know Illinois is not walking into this thing like well if we do we do if we don't we don't uh, see and that's not how they're approaching it. They're playing around winning this thing, but. To me, it just feels like a step on their path to where they want to go, and that's New Orleans um, at the first week of April. So it's it's interesting to try to dissect exactly what this thing means. A lot, but not – I don't don't even want to say not as much as last year, but somewhere in that mix. Yeah, like it's almost like – I don't know if we want to just give full credit towards, hey, winning the Big Ten tournament was the reason they were bad in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Loyola gets some credit too. Yeah, they didn't play well. Brad didn't probably have a great game himself uh, in adjustments or getting his players to adjust. But I do think there was a little bit of a hangover there. And and we've talked all about it with the players this week. You know, I I wrote about it that day as they're celebrating this huge moment, they really didn't get a, a chance to celebrate because I was on the ladder and, and there's number one seed. And it's like, oh, here we go. And after a little bit of the amazing celebration with Kofi and, and Georgie, it was, it was go to your hotel room by yourself. Like there, there was no real like celebration because you're in quarantine, you're staying in Indianapolis and you were that for four days outside of practice. And then you start and, and you dismantle Drexel because it's Drexel. But you didn't play all that well, and then you just came out flat uh, against a really, really good Loyola team that was underseeded. So I don't, I don't want to give all the credit, but I, I do think Brad Underwood is correct, and and I do think the lack of experience in an NCAA tournament uh, played a role there. So uh, I don't think they apologize for for putting so much into a Big Ten tournament, but that doesn't mean I, I think they're going to come out flat against Indiana. It's a ten thirty early tip. Indiana's playing for more than you, so that is a little bit concerning. Um, but I, I do think with the leadership of this team, with Trent Frazier, uh, with DeMonte Williams, with Brad Underwood as well, and, and Kofi Coburn going through what they did last year. I think this team that's going to be focused, I think it's a team that's that's hungry for every little bit of success. And and knowing that, hey, we only have so many times to, to put on this uniform, let's go win another banner, and then we can refocus, reset, and, and then we can make our deep run of the NCAA tournament. Because they could set up their NCAA tournament a lot better, Joey, if, if they do well this weekend. I, I talked with Brad Evans, the, the bracketologist at Bally Sports, and he said, hey, if they go to the championship game, they might solidify a three seed and put themselves into the conversation for a two seed if everything else goes right uh, for them at other tournaments. And if they lose tomorrow to Indiana, they're probably going to be a four seed, which the difference between a five and playing a five or six in the in the round of 32 might be a little negligible. But uh, you want to set yourself up in the best place, uh, best location that you can go to, and you also want to set yourself up with the best draw and avoid maybe the one seeds as, as long as you possibly can. So they still got a lot to play for this weekend and in, in trying to boost that NCAA tournament seeding. Yeah, I mean, do this in March. Like, I, I think we've kind of gone past the, well, this team has more to play for than this team. Like you said, you're, you're trying to play for seeds. You're trying to play for – you want to go into this thing with some momentum, some momentum. I mean, I don't think you'd like to go into the NCAA tournament having lost to Indiana as the last thing. So I, I just think there's a lot of – there's still a lot out there. And, no, it's probably not going to end up in a number one seed. I think we can all objectively look at that and say that's that's just not going to be the case unless something – that's just not going to be the case. Yeah, they got so, eight losses, right? They got eight losses and not enough quad one wins. But there, there's still a lot out there, and I think – I think they do want to repeat too. <laughs> they do want that. 
Uh, but there's a two seed even feels a little high to me. And not impossible, but like it take breaks. Uh, it take breaks you, to get you there. get some breaks. And I think you'd also probably need to look really stinking good um, in these two games. I know I thought Brad Evans' point about the championship games kind of really not that big of a deal in terms of seeding. I thought that was an interesting point, and he's... It, sh- it should be. I mean, if Illinois beats Iowa in the sure. semifinal and then beats, you know, Purdue, that should probably matter. I mean, I don't know if it's going to put you above one of those two seeds, but um, those are two... Those would be two of the biggest wins uh, for Illinois of the season, and and does it put them above... It should put them above Purdue, I can tell you that much, who right now, Brad, has a two seed. It put them above Wisconsin, uh, which right now is a three seed. So, I, I think... Putting yourself at the top of the Big Ten potentially for seeding could get you to a two seed because if you're the Big Ten regular season champion and the Big Ten tournament champion, it's hard not to argue for a two seed. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's also really hard to do. It's only been done nine times to win the regular season and the the tournament. Uh, I'm sit- we're sitting here, Jeremy, and watching Iowa. Hoof. Hoof, boy. That's doesn't that, doesn't that make that win look even better? I mean, Iowa wow. is rolling right now and then they're crushing northwestern not that that says a lot but i was uh, for me it's one of the easiest picks for me in in the big 10 to make this sweet 16 like i i love how they're playing right now and it just makes that defensive effort in the second half that much more impressive so i I know like you barely won that game i know you got down 15 and it took some missed free throws but that defensive effort i i think says a lot about illinois because Iowa looks as dangerous as anybody in the country offensively. Oh, man. I mean, we've thought it for a while. Like, we thought that was kind of a, you know, Iowa was going to have the chance to really spoil a lot of a lot of confetti celebrations on Sunday night. And I, I still think they're a really, really freaking good team. But it's what you – I mean, at this point, I mean, there's no more bad teams you're going to play. I mean, I, you probably – unless you get a really – Unless you get a good seed and you end up playing a 15 or even a 14, you're probably not going to be challenged in that game. But this is it, man. This is – they're good every time you wake up, and that's what makes this thing fun. Yeah. All right, so Indiana makes that furious comeback. Uh, Ken Palm has Illinois as a three-point favorite over Indiana at a neutral site. Uh, Illinois fans will definitely be there, but I, it's going to be Assembly Hall North there, right? I mean, Indiana fans are going to be revved up. They're probably going to make the NCAA tournament now for the first time since uh, 2016, which is a huge deal for them. Their run recently has been like Illinois from 14 to 19. It just reminded me of that. But they come back today uh, to to get that one. And we know they're good defensively. I mean, remember the first half. Even though Trace Jackson Davis was was out most of that first half, Indiana played great defense. uh, And that was a really, really close game that Illinois needed a little run to make it a, a game at halftime. But then Illinois blew them open. Trent Frazier goes off in the second half but it's a team you have played very well recently Joey and Trace Jackson Davis who was phenomenal in the second half today has not played well against Kofi Coburn I was looking at the numbers this year 23 minutes six points on three of nine shooting and then you go back to last year he played 40 minutes in that overtime loss to Illinois at uh in Bloomington had 19 and 14 but he was six of 18 from the field so really inefficient and then uh, last year in a sem- in a State Farm Center, he had 11 points on three of three, 13 shooting. So he's their best player by far. And, and Race Thompson's very good, has given Illinois some issues. I think Coleman Hawkins playing the way he is, is is a good sign for Illinois. But Trace Jackson Davis, Kofi, is certainly 
had his number. And Illinois guards are just better. I mean, Indiana's a tough watch at times. Illinois guards are better. So if they come with energy, I like this matchup. I just think it's a it's a good matchup given that your strength tops their strength. Yeah, I think you wanted this over Michigan. I, I don't care what Michigan's record is. I know they completely bungled any chance to advance today, but dude, there's still a ton of talent on that team. Like you don't Michigan played Illinois very close in Ann Arbor. You just don't want to see that team. And Indiana, you're right. I mean, the matchup pretty much everywhere favors Illinois. Every spot on the floor in this, um, you know, we'll see. if I'm curious if Indiana starts feeling itself a little bit after that big comeback today in that building. They're going to they be a lot of three-day Hoosier weekends probably scheduled to get there for a 10-30 game. But Illinois still matches up really well with Indiana and when your best player can mitigate their other team's best player and probably have an advantage you know not probably Kofi does have an advantage in these matchups uh, you're right guards it's uh, it's not even close I don't think yeah. uh, it's especially with Andre Curbelo starting to come on here and, and remember I thought DeMonte did a really nice job on race Thompson in Bloomington and now you have him and you have Coleman Hawkins we don't know what's going on with Jacob Grandison in terms of his availability it sounds more promising than not long-term, but we don't know what that'll mean in Indianapolis. But yeah, man, I, if you, you're Illinois, you're probably watching that, even though Brad insists he doesn't watch games. You're probably monitoring that, hoping Indiana gets out of there with the win because that, that may have been the first game I've seen them close out this year. They have been disastrous yeah. in closeout situations. And Xavier Johnson's had some nice games here, actually, recently. He's also had some rough ones, man. Um, so that, that can be an issue. He's a bigger guard. So even if Trent Frazier, I would imagine, would be on him. Uh, Parker Stewart, Alfonso Plummer, you better be locked in. Uh, you can't let Parker Stewart beat you, right? So I think it's going to be very important for Alfonso Plummer to be locked in. Otherwise, Andre Corbello should certainly steal um, some of his playing time because they're going to try and muck it up, right? Indiana's going to try and, and out-physical you. And that's that'd be my only concern. Like, like if Illinois plays well like just above average I feel like they should have a really good chance to win this one but Indiana's gonna be fired up they're gonna have confidence now after today nothing to lose everything to gain with beating Illinois well like we talked about Illinois is wants to win this one but it's not the end-all be-all for them right now I still think they're gonna play hard right but like Indiana might have a little bit of an edge at 10 30 central time in the morning with with a fired up indiana crowd so that would be my only concern there but uh that alleviates a little bit knowing this team knowing brad underwood yeah brad will have him ready i i think there's going to be a lot of references pointed back to last year and being flat and and some of those practices after the big 10 tournament championship and and i i think your point experience i mean trent frazier hardly got the water off of his hands in the locker room celebration and he was ready to turn this thing over and I'm sure he would have taken the team back to oven that night and gotten in a full two hours of practice if he could. Well, can I mention like yesterday we were talking to Trent and he was giving us good answers but it was just kind of no inflection in his voice. It was very business-like, almost like he didn't want to be there. Like, And I, I told you, I go, I think he's just locked in. I, I think he's just, alright, business time. I, I think he's locked in. I think having that is really important because I, I do think even a guy like him after one of the big 10 tournament last year they're probably like hey we're a one seed we're, we're, we're going to get to the sweet 16 and then, then we'll, we'll then we'll really focus I, that probably got the most of them back then so i think i think that 
that's been the story of the season is the lingering of the Loyola game. And it's, it's coming into play now. And I think it starts this weekend. I think as we've talked about Brad's ability to turn the needle a little bit and, and get people going, how many times did Trent say that they are every team's Super Bowl? Yeah. I promise you, I, I promise you that comes from the gentleman from the Pizza Hut parking lot. <laughs> like, I, I, we, we just know we've covered Brad long enough to know that I can, I would bet he sent a text out Sunday night, like, hey, you're the Super Bowl from now on. Like, that's what he does. And, and when you have your two guys, your two super seniors, I, I have to believe Demonte Williams believes that as well. And and not to say it's just those two, but when you have kind of the head of the snake of the locker room really believe that, and then you have direct evidence, Loyola, yeah, man. And, and really even Penn State, right? I, I thought Penn State played their bumps off against Illinois. So when you have all of those, like the evidence is there to back up what Brad says. That's why I think that, I don't know if they're going to win the whole thing. I'd probably not pick them to do that, but I, I just don't think Indiana is going to be where they go home on Friday. Yeah. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, so Indiana hasn't been to a Big Ten tournament semifinal since 2008. It, it's been a very long time. Like Even when they're good teams with Tom Crean, they don't go very far uh, in this tournament. So uh, Illinois has got to keep that stat going. So if they get to the semis, I think right now we would both have Iowa in there, right? Even though Iowa's got to play another game before Purdue or before Rutgers, they're obviously crushing. They're up by 33 at halftime over Northwestern. 1.8 points per possession it's in the nuts. first half. That's a video game. Sorry, yeah. but good Lord. That, they, they won't have that against Rutgers. I, I would imagine it'll be a little oh, bit no. more competitive of a game, but um, can Rutgers hang with them offensively? I don't know. I think Iowa's going to be in that semi um, based on what we know. Either way, Joey, both those teams, I mean, I know Illinois blew out Rutgers, but Rutgers blew out you. Uh, I like playing Rutgers away from the rack a heck of a lot more than playing them in New Jersey. But both those teams can, can pose matchup issues, right? I mean, they're both big, long, they have good fours. Rutgers, especially with, with their length at the guard positions, can really bother Illinois. And Cliff Omarui has played really well against Kofi the last time out. So I don't know if I prefer one of those teams. I think Iowa's the better team. So, um, but I, I'd love to see that rematch again. I'd love to see a round three of of Illinois. It's hard to hard to beat uh, Iowa three times in a season. I would imagine, but uh, that'd be a fun matchup again. Here's what I would say: I'd almost rather see Rutgers. They just are not a very deep team. Yeah. So when you, start I think you'd playing, rather play Rutgers. I'm, I'm just, yeah, yeah, from my perspective, yeah. entertainment value, Illinois, Iowa would be. Sure. Like yeah. That. If you're Illinois, you probably want Rutgers because it's going to be close with Iowa. They're not very. What do they play? Six or seven guys. I mean, it's it's not many. 
he's talking back to back that thing adds up i might be cliche i don't know but entertainment value uh yeah please iowa illinois that is the gift that keeps giving for watching fun basketball over the last few years those matchups have been awesome I know Illinois won five in a row, but man, I can't been entertaining entertainment matchups. All right, let's go to the other side of the bracket. I think this one's going to be more fascinating. Even starting with Maryland against Michigan State. Maryland played Michigan State really well the last time, but Michigan State, I just, I mean, they're they're tanking right now. Well, Maryland, Fats Russell, he's going to be the best guard on the court. We know Dante Russell or Dante Scott can be really, really good. Eric Ayala's had a couple of good games here recently, so. I, I hate to say I love Maryland in that matchup, but I do like them. And then whoever gets them are playing Wisconsin, which are they going to have Johnny Davis? Sounds like it. That's what Wisconsin's signaling. But is it going to be the same Johnny Davis? I'm not sure. Either way, I think that's going to be fascinating, whoever comes out of that against Wisconsin. And then if Ohio State takes care of business against Penn State, which I would expect they would, um, that's going to be a fascinating matchup, Ohio State against Purdue. I'll go with Purdue. Uh, even though they haven't earned trust at this point, they're just more talented. they got more options. So um, that, that bottom half of the bracket, I don't love Purdue right now, but I still like them. I think they got good draws, especially with the concerns about Johnny Davis and whether he'll be available and how good he'll be. Yeah, I like Purdue out of that. Ohio State's interesting because Kyle Young, it doesn't sound like, will go tonight uh, against Penn State. And I think – they reported Zed Key was a game time. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see, but you know, I still will take EJ against Penn State and Brandon. against yeah, yeah, and against a lot of teams. But I know Purdue is is tripping a little bit, a lot of bit. You could have made the argument they lost, should have lost Indiana, but the Hoosiers just refused <laughs> until today to close out a game. But man, I, I still believe that these things are made for stars. Jaden Ivey is a freaking star. Now, we'll see what happens if, if they get Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis said on his award when he was accepting the Big Ten Player of the Year that he's good to go. I think it would have been odd if he would have stepped up there and said, nah, not, not it for yeah, me. Yeah, he, he, so, he wouldn't have said it if he wasn't yeah. able to go, right? But yeah, I think that that's probably, I don't want to say a little more open, but you could see a, you know, Purdue or Wisconsin. I mean, really, I think this comes down, sorry to Rutgers, but I think this comes down to four teams, right? Purdue, Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa. In what order? I don't know. And who's going to play on Sunday? I don't know. But I think those are right now, today, the four best teams in this thing. The one team I think can be a sleeper here is Maryland. I really do. Because I just think they have talent. They're going up against two kind of wounded teams. Michigan State and Wisconsin. I'm not going to... Maybe I'll pick them to beat Maryland just or beat Michigan State just for fun. But... Like, I just think Fats Russell's playing so well. Eric Ayala is good enough. Their front court is talented enough. Um, and we've seen them win some games here recently that I feel like they're the one, like, underrated team or kind of low-ranked team here that could make a run, say, to the semis, surprisingly, and then probably bow out to a Purdue. But I'm just saying, like, they intrigue me. But, yes, I agree with you. I think this is Illinois, Purdue, Iowa, and Wisconsin if Wisconsin has Johnny Davis. Can we talk about how crazy it is in the year 2022, the year of our Lord, Jeremy, that both Michigan schools might be the heck out of here before Illinois plays its first game? I used to tell Graham Couch all the time <laughs> at the Lancet State Journal, Graham, I never see you at the Big Ten tournament because I was out of there by Wednesday or Thursday and he'd show up on Friday. That might be the case now. Yeah, I, I won't see Graham Couch at, at this tournament if uh, if Michigan State bows out today. 
He's kind of an enigma at this point, Graham Couch. Graham, if you're out there, where are you? Say hello. That, that is crazy. That, that's crazy how – I mean, if you would have told me that, I think the last tournament I covered was the, in Chicago, so Iowa's freshman year. I, you know, I know last year it happened, but if you would have told me then, like, hey, in three years, Illinois is going to play, but both Michigan schools are to be knocked out before then, yeah, that's crazy to me. I mean, that is – that's why we don't know if it's going to happen, but it's halfway there. Yeah. So, uh, Joey, this is one of my favorite events to cover. I hope for, we're there a, a couple days. I do think we will be. I think we'll be there through Saturday. I think Iowa would be a very tough matchup. Uh, Illinois obviously is capable of winning this whole dang thing. But if anybody has a chance, Friday of the Big Ten tournament is the best day. Like Saturday is great. Two high-level games, usually between – top 25 teams uh and sunday electric like last year was one of the best games i've seen live with illinois and ohio state and the celebration afterwards was really really cool especially with the families being able to actually see their sons in person for the first time in a very long time that was really cool but think about this we'll have illinois indiana iowa Rutgers, wisconsin and either michigan state or maryland and ohio state purdue like if you can get two session tickets Go get those two sessions. It's, it's a phenomenal day of basketball. It's one of my favorite events, and Indy is the best. I'm sorry. I've grown up on the uh, outskirts of Chicago, far, far south suburbs, but this this city does it right. Indy just does it right because it's such a big deal. It's so easy to get around. It's the biggest event there. Like Chicago is just so big. There's so much going on that it's not the biggest event there. So uh, this is my favorite place to have it, Joey. I'm real, I don't want to derail us baseball's back i saw that uh, i was gonna end with that back. okay sorry well good news welcome back baseball uh i've never covered it in indy i i, I keep hearing of saint elmo that's a new one for me i've not, not been I, i'm just excited to see the atmosphere because I, i've heard so much about how indy does it right and and everywhere's got their own bar downtown and everything's kind of got its own feel and flair and it's all it's all there and then you put really really good games on friday dude like really good basketball games in the same place that's it's a dream i mean this is this is awesome i'm excited to see what indy's all about how they do it it'll be nice to see fans like full a full force of fans well last year joe i know we only got two from our outlet and you were the odd man out sorry about that by the way but i i was the odd man out for the ncaa tournament as well so piper was the only one there um Last year when we got there and it was 5,000 fans in half of Lucas Oil, right, which is not very many, it felt like tens of thousands. And now to have all those fans back, like, come on, think about the atmospheres we saw at State Farm Center. Mackey Arena was ridiculous this year when when we saw it. Um, It's awesome to have them back. And this is one of the best because you get all those split-level fans cheering back and forth at each other. Uh, It's just so good to have that back, right? It's just awesome. The last time I was in Indianapolis for a game was Illinois Baylor. It was at the the Champions Classic, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Dude, they didn't even have music. Like, it was just tarps over chairs. And, I mean, we were seated up on the moon, so I can only imagine Brad Underwood was screaming down on the floor. Uh, but all we heard was sneakers. And, like, an occasional, like, oh, there's nothing going on. Here's 14 seconds of a song and back to nothing. So I'm excited just, I mean – the atmosphere and getting all of those fans for what Illinois hopes yeah. is playing on Sunday. Can you imagine if that's Illinois and Purdue on Sunday? Yeah. Oh, dude, that'd be a party. 
Who's your pick to win it, Joe? Dang it. Uh, <laughs> Piper, Piper picked Iowa here. I I can't blame him. I can't. Because, yeah, I mean, it, 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 mean, it mean a lot for Iowa. I mean, think about them. They didn't win with Luka Garza. They didn't win a Big Ten title with Luka Garza, right? So, to win it now, I, I can see them making the run and, and doing it. Yeah, I can too. I, I get a lot, though, of Illinois vibes from Purdue from last year, like the – F you, we didn't win the Big Ten. Right now, they didn't feel like – I'm sure they don't feel screwed out of it. They lost games. But they but, lost, like, the heartbreaker games. I mean, think yeah. of the games they lost. I, I feel like they're just going to – like, they've got this. Come at us. We, we have so much talent. The heck with everybody in our way, bulldozer. And, look, they're going to draw some people to this thing, too. This isn't yeah. just Indiana's home, you know, by itself. Purdue's going to bring a lot of folks. I, I'll take – I'll take Purdue. I can already hear everybody like ending the podcast at this exact point in time, but Purdue over Illinois, I think. Yeah, Um, I'll go with you, Joe. I'll back you up there, which I think would be a good weekend for Illinois, right? I I know losing three times to Purdue would be bad, but if you made another tournament championship game, you'd feel good about a three seed going to the NCAA tournament and then go exercise the actual demons. That's what, that's the thing that matters. Get to the second weekend of the tournament. Yeah, that's, and I, here's what I find interesting really quickly about that is, and I asked Brad and I asked Kofi about this yesterday. Remember a year ago they left? It's like, well, we're an Indian until we're not. Like, sure, I get it. The NCAA tournament, it's fun. It's this experience. But isn't part of it like we're in Milwaukee and we got to fight our butts off to get out of Milwaukee and get to, you know, now we're in Chicago and you've got all these bus rides. And it's easier, I think, to compartmentalize what you've done and what's coming up. I, I just feel like that matters. And it's hard as heck to sit in a hotel room in one city. Like, imagine Baylor, for instance. They want, How long were they in the same hotel? Or maybe it was one of two. I don't know. For a month. A month. That sounds horrible. I just feel like this ability to, to go hit a new city every weekend, if that's how far you get, like, that sounds really yeah. – invigorating if you're a player or a coach or even a fan base milwaukee to chicago new orleans sounds like a, a pretty fun trip is that it I, this is, i'm not missing one i just be three cities right yeah yeah milwaukee yeah because you'd have that or indianapolis to chicago right like you'd have your top three seed and likely top four seed i would imagine you, you get to milwaukee or indianapolis for the first round and if you're in the midwest you what you hope to be um, I think he'd obviously get Chicago there. So that'd be a heck of a run. Um, yeah. One of us should pick Illinois, right? I mean, people are rioting listening to this that neither of us. Yeah, I, one of us should, it won't be me. So I guess <laughs> if you would like to do that. Well, I'm going, I'm going with the Ken Palm, right? Ken Palm had Purdue, the, the likeliest one. I like Purdue's path better in Illinois. like, yeah. I think, I, was I think Illinois is playing one of the top three teams in the big 10 right now. Maybe the top yeah. two team. I, I think Iowa is right now. If you put a a blank NCAA tournament bracket in front of me, I think I'd have Illinois in the Sweet 16. I think I'd have Iowa. I think those would be my two most confident in the Big Ten. I I, I do. I, I think those two I would feel the most confident because uh, Iowa's offense is ridiculous and they're starting to play defense. And then Illinois just they're the most balanced team. So I, I think they can play many different styles, many different types of games. Purdue, I just worry about the first round with them. I, I, I don't know if they're going to come out flat. Now with Zach Eady, it should be fine. Jaden Ivey should be fine. I, I just don't know what I'm getting each day out of them. Yeah, I don't either. Um, and I, here's my hesitancy to like 
here's why I, the argument I could make to pick Illinois. Oh, just sure. To, to bring some, I mean, in, outside of like they're really good, Coleman Hawkins and Andre Corbello, like that tandem interests the heck out of me. Andre Corbello played well against Iowa. For, for all you guys that didn't see it. <laughs> he, he does. He, there are times he gives and he takes. Yeah. That's part of this experience, man. And if it, and I know it's frustrating, but buckle up because that's what it's going to be. Like he's, you need him, you need him. You uh, need him. And, and it's not he's just offensively. He had 14 points and six assists and four turnovers. And the four turnovers there's a couple that you just got to stop. You, you got to stop, but I don't know if you're going to get it to stop. But his defense was unbelievable, unbelievable. And so was Coleman Hawkins. I will agree with you, Joey. If I knew you're getting Coleman Hawkins and Andre Corbello B level or higher games. Illinois is going to win the Big Ten tournament and go and, and go very far in the NCAA tournament. Haw- like we've talked a lot about Coleman Hawkins. I know you've talked to Latulip a lot about Coleman Hawkins. Holy crap! And I, look, let's not sugarcoat anything. A month and a half ago, we we're like, oh boy, what is going on with this guy? Like he, his in season turnaround and just what he gets. He is six ten. He is now. He's not EJ. Right, he's not the like that kind of four, but he is the four that Illinois has missed for a long time, and he's the four that you don't have to put Demonte Williams against. I don't know, Race Thompson. Uh, I mean, this his turnaround, what he's done, has been really just fascinating to watch. And then you put in the other wrinkle of Curbelo, who I think he's been playing – I mean, I, I know Penn State wasn't very good, Penn, but I think you could probably put team-wide Penn State wasn't very good for uh, Illinois. But the way he's playing and figuring out what he's got to do, and you, you, you live with the headaches. You live with some of the the turnovers. I mean, I, I'm thinking of one transition pass that was just, just a little too much that you probably don't need. You live with that because then he does whatever behind the back, finger roll, layup, and he plays the heck out of defense when – Alfonso Plummer doesn't, yep. and you, you need that. And I, I am curious a little bit about RJ Melendez. You know, what does he, what does he bring? Can you have three X factors? Yeah, I don't know. And, and Jacob, I'm not saying no. Jacob Grandison being out hurts, right? Because he's so reliable. Yeah, sure. He's such a good shooter. But if you, if you can get a made three a game from RJ Melendez and some solid defense and, and Lou Goody to make a three every couple games, you can make up for it. Right, while Coleman Hawkins, what's one of the biggest issues we've been talking about? Guarding fours, he can do that. Andre Corbell, what's one of the biggest issues? Well, when you're not making threes and Kofi has an off game, you're really bad offensively. Well, Corbell can go get you buckets in a second half where you need buckets and create for other people. 15 of the last 20 points against Iowa, like those two things cover up some of their biggest issues. So that's why Trent Frazier said. We might we feel we're peaking at the right time. I think it's all about those guys. Because I think you know what you're getting out of Kofi. I think you know what you're getting out of Trent and DeMonte and when Grandison's on the floor. But now if you can add those two guys, your ceiling just just goes way higher. Like and that's when you become the Big Ten tournament favorite or the NCAA Final Four contender that everyone hoped they could be. Um, because you've seen some growing out of those guys the last month. And if, if you can hit, hit their stride and hit their um, peaks here going into March, you're really, really dangerous. So maybe that's why we could look stupid by not picking Illinois because Coleman Hawkins <laughs> and Andre Corbello were fantastic in the Big Ten tournament. I was just going to say, as we say this, I'm sitting here like, why am I not 
picking them because we're haters because we are haters and please tweet at us and remind us that we are haters uh we'd love i, to I would that. love to i would love to cover another big 10 tournament championship and i would love to be in indianapolis until sunday so i am i will be very happy if that happens personally hey i i could go for a stake every here and again for <laughs> an extended stay in indy but yeah i we do I, seriously though we do say that and like that's a real it's those two are playing well right now. You got to carry it. You got to carry it in a little bit. And I, I don't want to say look past. They should not look past Indiana. For my planning purposes, I am thinking like, what does Saturday look like against Iowa? And that's freaking exciting. Yeah. No, absolutely. And the, the other thing is, Trent Frazier's due a game, right? He's due one of those hot streaks, and you know Alfonso Plummer is going to have one. Probably don't point. need to waste against Indiana. Save it for <laughs> Iowa if you're Trent Frazier and Alfonso Plummer. Indiana won't hit a lot of threes i don't want to say i think you'll, i think you'll take it just uh just to make sure you cruise into saturday but uh <laughs> bird in the hand you'll take that <laughs> all right joey wagner thank you buddy see you in indianapolis all right man see it all right everybody have a fun weekend enjoy the big 10 tournament enjoy tweeting at us when illinois wins it we'll appreciate that <laughs> when it happens uh everybody thank you for listening to the online choir podcast give us a follow rating review wherever you get your podcast and uh follow us on the Enquirer. we're gonna have plenty of content i'll have a story on kofi coburn fourth year uh, that's a tease. We'll talk about that at some point on the site, but we'll cover everything throughout the tournament as well. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.